Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the time arrived for Elizabeth to have her child, she gave birth to a son. Her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown his great mercy toward her, and they rejoiced with her. When they came on the eighth day to circumcise the child, they were going to call him Zechariah after his father. But his mother said in reply, No, he will be called John. But they answered her, There is no one among your relatives who has this name. So they made signs, asking his father what he wished him to be called. He asked for a tablet and wrote, John is his name. And all were amazed. Immediately his mouth was opened, his tongue freed, and he spoke, blessing God. Then fear came upon all their neighbors, and all these matters were discussed throughout the hill country of Judea. All who heard these things took them to heart, saying, What then will this child be? For surely the hand of the Lord was with him. The Gospel of the Lord. Didn't you feel like a little kid walking in this morning looking around? It's like the the elves showed up last night. It's just awesome. It's so beautiful. Okay, so back to the image that I shared yesterday. If you weren't here at Daily Mass, just real quick, the, uh, the image I shared these last preparatory days before Christmas felt like, in my own prayer, like we're tiptoeing to the very edge of the Grand Canyon, just stepping closer and closer to something that's so vast and so massive, right? So and once again, here on this, uh, this penultimate day of, of Advent, as we're preparing, the church invites us to contemplate again The figure of John the Baptist, the figure of John the Baptist. This time we're not contemplating his ministry or his sayings or his harsh invective. We're contemplating his birth. We're contemplating his birth. John the Baptist is so significant. You can't understand Jesus or his ministry without wrestling with the figure of John the Baptist. I mean, he gets more feast days than anybody else in the church's calendar, you know, apart from our Lord and Our Lady, but... Every gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, every single one of them begins with, not Jesus, they begin with John the Baptist. Which, think about it, like if you were writing a gospel about Jesus, wouldn't you begin with Jesus? Right? But they don't. They all begin with John the Baptist. It's like the Holy Spirit saying, hey, pay attention, right? Pay attention, pay attention. Another thing I was thinking about with John the Baptist is um, the sort of beautiful parallelism in the church's liturgical calendar between the nativity of John the Baptist uh, being celebrated right on or near the summer solstice and the nativity of Jesus celebrated right here on or near the winter solstice. What's the significance of that? Well, the summer solstice, of course, is the longest day of the year, shortest night. The winter solstice, longest night, shortest day. Still, what's the deal? Well, John the Baptist, remember how he said, I must decrease that he might increase. The summer solstice is the day when the light of the day begins to fade. How powerful is that? And the winter solstice, when the night in the darkness is the greatest, that's when the light of the world enters the world. 
Those are freebies. I wasn't even thinking about that. But that's just, I just think that's awesome. I think that's awesome. All right, so back to this scene, John's birth. Of course, it's traditional in the ancient world to, to name your son after, the firstborn son after the father. So he, he should have been Bar Zechariah, son of Zechariah. Uh, and that's why everyone's so incredulous and baffled that, no, no, he shall be called John. He shall be called John, Yohanan in Hebrew. His name means graced by God. Graced by God. It's the name that was given to him that was given to Zechariah by Gabriel, right? Because Luke begins with the Annunciation, not of Gabriel to Mary, but Gabriel to Zechariah. Right? There's two Annunciation scenes at the beginning of Luke. Zechariah is in the temple doing his priestly duty, and the angel Gabriel comes to him and uh, announces that his wife will conceive, and you are to call him John. You are to call him John. And it's so powerful, the words that Gabriel speaks to Zechariah about John just so happened to be from the first reading we had for today. Like the church knows what she's doing, right? Okay, so Gabriel says to Zechariah, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit and even from his mother's womb. And listen to this. And he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedience and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. Like 400 years before this annunciation, Malachi is prophesying about the coming of the Messiah. And when he comes, this Elijah figure will come. And this is exactly what Gabriel says to Zechariah. But Zechariah's response is one of incredulity. Not humility and curiosity like Mary, but incredulity. And as a, as a punishment of this, Zechariah is rendered mute. Mute. As a sort of medicinal corrective, he's struck down mute. I've often contemplated on these, these nine months of silence of Zechariah. What must that have been like? Your wife, who's older than, you know, the average woman for childbearing years. Here she is, pregnant, and you as the husband, as the father, you can say nothing. I'm sure there's a lot of pregnant women who probably would have loved their husbands to have been struck mute uh, throughout their pregnancy. However, this is, this is what Zechariah experiences. And why does the Lord do this? What was he trying to accomplish in Zechariah? I don't have like a definitive answer, but as I've prayed with this, this is what the Lord keeps bringing to me, that he wanted to restore in Zechariah and in us this childlike awe and wonder. Like I hear the Lord saying, I want to overwhelm your heart, Zechariah. Your, your heart that had grown somewhat embittered, jaded, parts of your heart that had stopped hoping for a son, those parts of your heart that had become hardened and just settled into, well, this is just life. I want to speak to that part of your heart, Zechariah. I want to overwhelm your heart with the beauty of my promise keeping. Like how amazing. Imagine him silently watching in awe and wonder Elizabeth's belly beginning to grow. Like, oh my gosh, it's really happening. And I can't say anything about it, right? Imagine him silently contemplating 
Again, just chewing on what Gabriel had said to him, turning it over and over, contemplating Malachi's prophecy, contemplating the coming of this, the Messiah, contemplating who is my son going to be? What, is it, what does it mean that he's going to be graced by the Lord? What, like, what does that mean? Imagine those nights of him just chewing on that, turning that over. Imagine him witnessing Mary suddenly showing up. And the exchange that she has with his wife and the conversations that he overhears them having in the evening and Mary telling Elizabeth about her own annunciation and Gabriel coming to her and Zechariah's like, I had that happen to me too, but he can't say anything. Imagine that. I just hear Jesus, I hear the Father saying, Zechariah, just sit back and receive. 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 And perhaps that's the message for us today as we prepare to enter into these most holy days, contemplating the incarnation, this receptivity, this openness to the gift, to be renewed in, you know, yesterday we were praying for that awe and wonder and fear of the Lord, that trepidations coming before this incredible mystery. Maybe today it's asking for a renewal of childlike wonder, which is what Zechariah experienced for nine months. Childlike wonder, unbelievable. I can't believe you, God, that you are doing this, that you kept your promises. I can't believe what you are unfolding in my very presence. Let's pray for that childlike wonder, that we would experience this nativity like we've never before. Amen.